0: Good morning, everyone. It's good to have all of you here present, especially on this great solemnity of Pentecost, the final part of the Easter event, our story, which we heard, the sending of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles. Pentecost celebrates the result of Easter, and, uh, which is the grace of the earth. And to each of them, the gifts of the Spirit was given, enabling them to go out and to preach without paralyzing fear, What were they preaching? That Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, he is risen, and that he is Lord of all. And they are to create a church on that foundation, on no other foundation but on Christ himself. Our readings from the Acts of the Apostles detail the Pentecost event. The account emphasizes the fact that people of many different nations Heard the disciples speak in their own native tongues the point being the spirit of god was breaking down all barriers of language and prejudice calling all peoples to community to be united in one faith st paul in his letter to the corinthians reflect on the actual workings of the holy spirit within the christian community speaking about the many gifts given for the service of the new church, but also as a continuing source of unity among the people. My friends, one of the things about the Holy Spirit and its presence is that it unites. Recall what happens in Genesis when the very Spirit of God comes upon the face of the earth to transform it and to make it new and to bring all things together and to make them harmonious with each other. And this is exactly uh, what happened in the story of creation. And this is what happens on Pentecost. The Holy Spirit, the Father sends the Holy Spirit again to transform and to unite people together. In the gospel, the grace and gift of the Holy Spirit is given then to the apostles. And associating it with the authority specifically for the church to forgive sins. Pentecost is an epiphany, then, of sorts, um, because it lets us know about the reconciling and healing power of God, of God, that changes people's hearts, creates an abiding unity among all peoples, and calls members of the Christian community, all of them, to many works of service. Now, today we call those works of service ministry. My friends, knowing how generous our God is, we need to fully understand that the Holy Spirit was not only limited to one place, not only limited, if you will, to the church. No, the Holy Spirit was released upon the whole world just as it was in the beginning, in the book of Genesis. The Holy Spirit came upon the whole earth Yes, in a very particular way it came into that room where Jesus was with his apostles. But the power of the Holy Spirit was released again upon the whole world. And thus the works of the Holy Spirit can be revealed in the world. And it is our joy as Christians, as Catholics, to be able to discern the Holy Spirit in all places, in all times. Even in the midst of a world that is in constant flux, there is continuity because of the Holy Spirit. My friends, change always happens at some level. We see it just in the change of seasons. This is what I mean. We see it in nature itself. We see the work of the Holy Spirit all around us. And change is always happening. There's a world in change all around us, whether we like it or not. It happens. And my friends, I'll tell you, the rate of that change is accelerating in our own time. It took millions of years for biological developments since the world was created. From just plants and things to human beings. It took thousands of years for socio-political developments amongst the peoples of the world, going from clans to tribes, to little nations, to huge nations. It took hundreds of years for society to move from agricultural substance subsistence to an industrial one. And here's where the acceleration really begins to happen that I'm talking about. It took only 40 to 50 years for technology globally to develop in such a way that the world of 50 years ago, the world of my parents seems so far away and so different. I bring a point that from a couple years ago when they took a rotary phone. Do you even know what that is, children? Do you guys know what a rotary phone is? See, the servants don't know what a rotary phone is. It's one of those phones that sits on the table that has a round dial. Do you remember the video? They put that in front of a teenager and the teenager stared at it, didn't know what it was. And then when was told it was a phone, <laughs> hello, hello, he didn't know he had to move the dial. You see what I'm getting at? <laughs> it is a vastly different world. The idea that a phone has to be stuck to a wall, hardwired as they would call it, it, it doesn't even register with them. So, uh, from 50 years ago to today, technology has changed so much. We live in a world that's being transformed within our midst. Even in the midst of a world pandemic, transformations, rapid ones, are happening, my friends. Uh, and in this change, many folks experience a sense of powerlessness. And uh, and I would only point out to the events of the past couple days where you see such violence and such pain and suffering, where people feel powerless in the, in the face of so many things. Yes, uh, great uh, abuses, but uh, in a world that is changing. And uh, some people are excited about the advancements and changes uh, that will surely come. And some people continue to ask themselves an ancient question, and they don't even realize it's ancient. What does it all mean? The question about meaning uh, is a long-living one. It's a religious question also. I know everyone, all the aces will fight me on this one, but it is a religious question. It is a question for people who are not satisfied with the limitations of science and technology. These things have no spirit. I probably won't live to see the day, but I will never, I suspect the world will never know when A.I., Has spirit. When your computer has a spirit of its own, it will not come to pass. I'm not saying computers won't be smart, but they truly will not be living human entities. They will not have spirit. Our church, however, is spirit filled, it is a living thing, it is a community. And this community proclaims to the world that life is something more precious and valuable than any amount of science or technological stuff. That life is a gift and that life is a mystery that points to a loving creator that we Christians call God the Father. For the church then, Pentecost celebrates this expression of the church's universal longing for the very presence of the Father, both in the church and in our world. Without God's presence, without God's living spirit, our souls and our communities will become non-existent. On the other hand, when we Christians give proper and passion-filled testimony to the grace and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, united We must be united as a family. We will bring enduring hope and light into a world that needs it now. Again, I only point to the events in our country alone over the past few days of a world that is in need of hope and love and peaceful change friends often as pastors were asked about the new evangelization and about what is discipleship and what does that look like father mark well here it is we are called to be saints now we are called to witness to god by our holiness now we are called to take care of our generation our time and its challenges And not to become overly obsessed with some vague better-in-the-future mentality. Well, well, it'll be better in the... No. Now. Now is the time. We must take care of our generation. And in doing so, we will prepare the future ones. We only have to look at the current world events and within our nation to see this. We must not sidestep the present because of some crazy notion about the future. We must take care of our generation, our time. And in doing so, we will prepare the future. My friends, all have been baptized into the one same spirit. That same spirit was given as gift to the disciples to strengthen them to go forth in the name of the Lord and to preach his ways and to speak of God's love. And in doing so, they would renew the face of the earth. This is what our psalm was talking about. Friends, this is the new evangelization. This is what discipleship looks like. My friends, in a world that is so divided and splintered, in a country where the government is splintered, in a nation that is divided now, The church must come together. As Jesus said, Father, that they be one, as you and I are one, all Christians. But I know this is a Catholic house, so I call upon all of us Catholics, however you label yourselves, and I would say, stop that. Traditionalists, conservatives, liberals, this, that, come together. This is what discipleship looks like. This is what our Lord and Savior asked us to do. I ask all of you to come together. I ask all of you to stand behind our bishops. Whether you agree with everything they say or not, But come together, be together, let us be united in this time. The church must stay united and be a front and a force of goodwill and peace and love. Friends, there's lots of things that are frustrating. Father Mark's frustrated every day. (laughs) But that cannot get in the way. That cannot get in the way of my discipleship. That cannot get in the way of my pastorship. That cannot get in the way of the message of Jesus Christ to the world. This is what Satan would like. He would like to see us divided. He has from the very beginning. Let us not give him what he wants. But instead, let us give Jesus what he has asked for. Father, let they be one as you and I are one. Know that you are precious in God's eyes. You are loved. I love you. I look forward to the time when we are together again. Now, My friends, I want to update you on the annual Catholic appeal. You know, um, our goal is 188,000. We're at just short of 33,000. We have a little ways to go. Luckily, we have 11 months to get there. Having said that, let's not wait for 11 months. (laughs) Let's get this taken care of. I thank all of you who have continued to support this parish. uh, So it allows us to continue uh, being disciples in a very visible way. And uh, uh, I thank all of you for continuing to bring food to St. Vincent de Paul and allowing them to continue their ministry to the impoverished. My friends... um, I will be writing an update letter i know many of you have been waiting for that uh, but i needed to study the documents myself about um, what the mass will look like uh, when when i can go back to doing it publicly again and uh, although pierce county uh, is not in phase two uh, that means no public mass um, but even when phase two does come um, i cannot immediately begin public mass again Um, not only do uh, we've been working on it, but not only does the parish have to meet the requirements of the county, but then we have to meet the requirements of the archbishop and his tax force. And once we have achieved that, only then will I be able to celebrate mass publicly again. Um, and I will have to submit a letter with a checkoff list. And we're already beginning to implement uh, the things that are necessary in preparation for that time uh, when, when Pierce County moves into phase two, and. Uh, Yes, there's going to be changes, and yes, it's frustrating. And but what are we to do? Are we to pout <laughs> about it, or are we to come together and move forward? And uh, uh, that is what we need to do. I will do whatever it takes to have the Mass celebrated publicly again, and I will defend the guidelines. Because, uh, my friends, if we do not abide by the guidelines, parishes will be shut down public mass will be non-existent again. So we just, we have to do it. So uh, as in the days that are coming, uh, we'll communicate more uh, what that looks like. I'm asking all of the people of St. Nicholas uh, to please abide by the guidelines. Uh, There are fines to parishes that will not follow it. Uh, They will shut down the parish. Um, We can't have that. And while we may be grumpy about uh, the guidelines and the changes. All right. Well, then be grumpy outside by the stations of the cross. <laughs> and then come back in and be peaceful with each other. Know that I love you. I so look forward to the time when we are together. And remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice. My friends, uh, we have begun to implement some of the changes. So you'll see uh, the servers are not near me and uh, the books are all being handled by me. Uh, you'll notice in the Mass the sign of peace to the people that will be removed. Uh, it has always been an option. Uh, so uh, the option is being executed, uh, when, especially when Mass people are allowed back. Uh, there will be no sign of peace to the people, to each other. I wish all of you a, a very blessed and peaceful Pentecost this day. My friends, I thank you again uh, for those who have not yet... Uh, uh, made their pledge to the end of Catholic appeal. I ask you to pray about it and make your decision and make your pledge um, as soon as you can. Again, thank you for continuing to support our parish uh, through your financial gifts that we may continue to do our ministry. Well, friends, uh, as I said, I will have a letter update uh, in the next day or two uh, available on our website uh, about the changes that will come. Uh, and uh, we'll pray that uh, Pierce County, along with King County and Snohomish, will move into phase two. <laughs> And that uh, we pray for vaccine and uh, a solid and true uh, medication to help eradicate uh, the virus and those who are experiencing it uh, heavily. My friends, this is the only thing that will prevent uh, further changes when it comes to our mass is vaccines and uh, medications. So uh, we pray for all the scientists and uh, medical professionals and everything uh, to go about doing this.